Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, the United States of America. Good morning to the world. But you know what, folks? Because Howard has informed us all, we know that people all over the border, Louisiana, they are hearing us. Beaumont, they are hearing us. Good morning to the geniuses in the studio. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, we don't know about any geniuses, but Jack and I are here and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yes. I mean, I, <laughs> if you are able to keep these strings together and all these connections all over, you are, in um, fact, our geniuses, brothers. Yeah, the tin cans and string are working this morning, so we can actually hear you, and you can hear us, and the listeners in Louisiana can hear us, too. Absolutely. So, anyhow, anyhow, what's up, guys? Jack, you got some wisdom for us this morning? Yeah, uh, this is about unfettered capitalism. Oh, oh no. Now that I hear that Chevron owns the mineral rights to the oil under Gaza, isn't that special? <laughs> These men that wield capital are ultimately responsible for killing the Palestinian. And Netanyahu is just a tool they push down a pipe to perform a function. How many times in the past have people been massacred to get at resources? We have simply let our corporations become too big and powerful. This is why we must re-regulate capitalism. Unfettered capitalism is a Tasmanian devil that only knows hunger. More profit, more war, more death. It will devour all, even itself. Eventually, yeah. Because you remember the depression of the 20s that was caused by unfettered capitalism. Again. Unregulated capitalism. Now, as far as economic systems go, Communism, we really don't want that. Socialism is not really an economic system, but unregulated capitalism is the most dangerous of them all. It's most worse hungry. than communism. So beware and start wow. regulating. I just enjoy listening to the talk. Hey, let me let me. I want to I want to touch on two things that um uh, that brother Jack said there. One about Netanyahu. Let me just tell you guys, I I. I had been running, I've been writing at Daily Coast for decades. I was a front pager, meaning my articles appeared on the front page of Daily Coast, all of that. I said something about Netanyahu. And the, they actually modified my titles and they stopped me from posting for a whole week at Daily Coast, the greatest, largest um, progressive site there. And I'm, I'm going back and forth with the owner who was a friend of mine. And all he kept on saying is, well, that didn't have backing. That didn't have something that I said he claimed didn't have backing. Anybody listening to the news today on MSN? And by the way, all, all MSNBC, ABC, myself, all of us are supportive of, yes, a Jewish state and a Palestinian state. And interestingly, Everything that was discussed in that article is being spoken about right now on MSNBC as Biden has soured on Netanyahu. OK, it's not about Jewish folks or anything like that. It's about what Netanyahu is doing. And I think what Netanyahu is doing and, you know, guys, I said I wasn't going to talk about Israel on the show 
on KPFT. But the only reason I'm mentioning this is what Netanyahu is doing to my Jewish brothers and sisters is going to have blowback on them, not only in the United States, but around the world. We, we are paying $8,000 per bomb. We just gave 14,000 more bombs at the price of a hundred and something million dollars. All of that is going into the coffers of the military industrial complex. Ask why. There's a whole lot of things that we need to ask why. We need to be supportive of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, Palestinians and Israelis alike. Love them all, but we, but we have to be measured lest Blowback is going to be pretty damn intense. That's going to be the end of me saying anything about that particular subject now, because I don't want to hear the I don't want to hear the blowback. Anyway, today we are honored to have uh, one of my great friends here, great activists in Daniel Cohen. You guys have heard of Daniel before. I want to I want to go ahead and set this up. First of all, um, last night. At the executive, the, the county, the Harris County Executive Committee, uh, Kim Ogg was admonished. That's the district attorney was admonished. Uh, there's a whole lot that has been going on. Daniel is going to explain all of this. A whole lot of this that's been going on with Kim Ogg and how she deals with Democrats. And, and look, we're, this is not a partisan issue. If you break the law, you should be prosecuted, period. Punto y final. But. When you make an effort that harms, it's a problem. This is not personal with regards to the DA, because my personal opinion is the DA does what many centrist Democrats do, and that is triangulate. They're willing to sacrifice some for their benefit of getting the votes that they want on the other side. They want to make themselves acceptable to the other side at the expense of harming others. And that's what I think. That's not what I think. That's what I know she did. Yesterday, there was a vote to admonish her. And this took, she's a part of the system. And she has a whole lot of power within the party. And what my young brother, my young friend did in his organizing skills was to pull something out that very few would have had the fortitude to continue and do. Daniel Cohen, president of Indivisible Houston, welcome once again to Politics Done Right. And first of all, congratulations. Secondly, thank you for all the work that you put in here, not only in Harris County, but around the country. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing, I'm doing great. It's been, uh, it's been a long time of organizing for a lot of this. Uh, and I appreciate you, man. You know, one, one thing just to note, um, is that we have a movement and it's a lot easier to do a lot of work when you have a movement because you have a lot of people and when you have an inclusive movement, then people are included, you know, in, in the various aspects of it. So you don't make all the calls yourself. You don't talk to all the press yourself. You don't, um, you know, give everybody a ride. Everybody helps each other. And that is honestly the best feeling about all of this. Um, it's not just that the outcome was favorable. I mean, that's that, you know, I, I'm, I, I like to push for favorable outcomes, um, particularly for the people who we try to advocate for in the community. Um, but also on the political floor fight of things like this. 
but I think that's the most uplifting thing about it is that, you know, the, it, you don't make all the texts yourself. You don't give all the rides yourself. You don't give all the speeches yourself, uh, but everybody works together to make sure that it happens. And so that, that was uplifting being in the room with people who are making it happen and trying to push things forward. Now, I did while you were getting interviewed last night, I did a little clip. I, 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 silly me. I was in the background at first and I said, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong side of the camera and ran to the other side to get, to tape the interview that you were doing. Right now, um, I, I posted that along on here with the newsletter. I don't know if you saw the newsletter yet. I, I posted the one minute and seven seconds that I got at the tail end of your interview. So, folks, if you go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter, you see a very happy Daniel Cohen being interviewed by Channel 26. Uh, I, I, I think it was Channel 26 yesterday. Now, um, you know, Daniel, over the last several, couple of days on both here at KPFT's program and the three o'clock program, I heard a lot of a doom. A lot of people were talking about, uh, oh, you know, things can't change. Or I have a, a, a good caller of this show, uh, Harry, who called in and said something to the effect, I'm afraid. And I said, we don't speak that way, brother. Harry, we're not afraid we go out there and do. We have Howard in the studio who always say, go vote, vote, vote. It makes a difference, which proves your, your point. Um, I want to say, that when I do the show at three this afternoon, I am going to remind folks of the conversations we had over the last two days that it's not about sitting back and being scared. It's not about doom and gloom, but it's about organizing. And for those who are able to organize, you should go out there and organize. Yes, people are busy. They have a lot of work to do. Some people just can't do it. But for those of us who can, it is our responsibility to do so. And you're, you're not going to win all the battles, but you're going to win enough of them to keep things moving forward. Before we get here, I want there are a lot of new people that come to the show in and out all of the time. So what I want to start doing is tell us a little bit about why is it that uh, you were one of these organizers that went out there and organized to admonish a Democrat? Kima, the district attorney of Harris County, what is it that caused you to get involved into the uh, into what occurred? So that's a great question, right? Because we don't just admonish sitting Democrats, the Democratic Party left and right. Right. We're not dropping resolutions every single day on every single person. We, we may drop critiques. We may fight in primaries and things like that. But we're not you know, out here doing this kind of thing. So there's three very clear grounds. One is being out of step with party values on policies and on behavior. Two is weaponizing your office uh, and using a prosecutorial double standard where some people are prosecuted harder and differently and with much tougher circumstances and much, with much tougher communications and media behavior than other people. In other words, the details of their cases magically leak to the press in ways that make them look bad, whereas other people maybe not are, are not prosecuted at all. Or if they are prosecuted, it's much lighter and it's much easier on them. And the statements afterward uh, are, are different as well. And then third is, and this is just very straightforward and honestly has been emerging for a long time as a story, but it's definitely part of this whole conversation is tying one hand behind the back of democratic organizers when it comes to fighting the opposition. Um, and of course these all dovetail because we were fighting the opposition on the grounds of values and we're fighting the opposition when it comes to, uh, uh, 
you know, making sure that there's not corruption and making sure that there's not um, weaponization of offices such as uh, Greg Abbott's Texas Rangers DPS and these other organizations as well. So it's these three very clear categories upon which this argument was based. And she checks all three major boxes and has plenty of sub premises that check each of those boxes as well. So that that's, that's why we brought this forward. And there's lots of, like I said, there's lots of premises, lots of sub cases that fall into each of those categories, but those are the three sections and those are the driving forces for it. You know, you, you spoke a lot of uh, on the high level, on a lot of that stuff. And I want to bring it down a notch uh, in, in one particular area, because I thought when you gave the your three minute speech in the beginning, you, you, you did it succinctly where you tied the line uh, together. And, and it goes it goes this way. The, the premise is much of what we saw was uh, that uh, the district attorney uh, did things to make herself. It was almost a signal to Republicans as far as I am the person that you want to support. And in doing so, yes, I have to hurt a few people. I have to go ahead and I go after a 64-year-old black man who attempted to vote to help you guys see that I'm going to be on board with you, that somehow there is voter corruption, even though there isn't. Uh, You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to show you that I'm a cop DA, that even though this cop blew a cap in uh, my, in this, in this, in a woman, in a mother's son's neck, where he bled out and died and they handcuffed him and dragged him as he was bleeding out and dying. You still couldn't get a grand jury to hold that cop accountable, even as we know that that is what should occur. A DA has the ability, as they say, to uh, to indict a ham sandwich. You didn't do what was necessary to protect not just that person who got killed, but all the other persons that will get killed because these the bad cops know that they can get away with it. You partially destroyed the life of a doctor to show that you were on board with this COVID thing too. We know that Republicans hate that COVID vaccine. It's a sham, all that kind of stuff. You showed an affinity by going after that COVID doctor. So there's another check mark that Republican uh, will see. COVID, cops, race, voting. And then you show that you're willing to go against the major politicians in the county, even as you were unable. A DA can indict a a ham sandwich. You couldn't indict uh, uh, what's the guy's name with African art in the, uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, well, well, because, and the reason that they could, yeah, the reason they couldn't indict commissioner Ellis is there's nothing, I mean, partly there there's nothing, nothing there, right? There they, was nothing yeah. there. And you tried to get after Lena Hidalgo and the best you could get was paperwork mess up of the folks inside of the office. And you continue to leak in, you know what, what I found the most funny about the, this incident that they were having some clerical changes in the indictment and they spun it as if there were more charges being opened up. It's just to keep it in the, the, let me tell you what happened last night. I have a a major um, uh, person in uh, uh, County 
chair, not county chair, uh, county precinct chair, comes to me and says, hey, what's going on with Hidalgo? I mean, uh, it seems like there's a whole, this this is a Democratic county chair. Is there a whole lot of corruption in Derek Berto? Now I'm hearing stuff about um, about encrypted messages and all of that. And I started to crack up. I said, that is what they want you to think. I said, do you use WhatsApp? Yeah. Do you use Instagram? Uh, do you use Instagram? Yeah. You know, I have all of them on my phone, Instagram, Signal, all these guys, right? And sometimes when I get messages, I'm talking about even you uh, from you. I don't quite know if you're sending me a message on Signal, my regular text. Inst- I don't know how to. I just know I have a, an app that just came up with the message and they all look so similar, right? So. Somebody said, oh, you're doing something nefarious because you're sending messages over an encrypted channel. It sounds nefarious. In real life, we're just using our Instagram or communication tools. And I might have sent it with WhatsApp. You know, sometimes I'm talking to folks and I'm like, did I send that message with WhatsApp? Did I send that message with, you know, so when I told him that, he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. I said, what you probably need to do is just not text. <laughs> but anyway, but you get you, you get the point, right? Oh, I mean, sure. No, it's spin, right? That's that's definitely like, and that and that's what we've seen over and over again. I mean, just to circle back on the uh, the Rodney Ellis case because I want the audience to understand this. You know, if we're educating the audience, I I think that this is a clear smoking gun. Okay, so usually when the DA investigates a case and especially a paper trail case, then they open up an inquiry, they take it to the grand jury. If the grand jury picks it up, then they keep moving with the case. If the grand jury says, you know, there's nothing here that's called a no bill, um, then the DA statement is two sentences long. We respect the decision of the grand jury, et cetera, et cetera, and they move on. And that's the exact kind of statement that was given when Jalen Randall was shot in the back of the neck by police officers, but, you know, who, who then said, you know, ooh, you know, like it like dropped an expletive right it was very clear on the body cam that he didn't mean to do that and that you know he ended up shooting him uh and that was the statement of the da you know like we respect this this is a process to make sure that there's fairness we respect the decision of the grand jury but when commissioner ellis was no build she put out a two-page open letter that she leaked to the media that she sent to christian menifee the county attorney saying there are all these potential civic uh, uh you know civic crimes that you need to look into now no da ever sends an open letter like that you ask around to anybody in the legal community you show them that letter and they're like this is this is way out there this thing is goofy no da does this and under any normal circumstances particularly like a you know a, a paper trail like uh, allegations of a pu- you know public misuse kind of thing i mean it's just going to be a two sentence statement you know we respect the decision of the grand jury and we move on but she put out that two page letter and that's because they disagree on policy that's because that there's funding that she wants and she wanted to turn up the heat on the commissioner and that's just one circumstance it doesn't matter what you think of commissioner ellis it's just very clear that she is prosecuting with a double standard, depending on the circumstance and whatever is to her political liking. And she does that left and right. There's lots of cases of it. We could go on and on about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, folks, uh, what I want, uh, one of the reasons I wanted Daniel here today is to talk about organizing, that organizing makes a difference, that if you want to accomplish something politically, uh, policy-wise, don't sit back and think you are incapable of doing so. Go out there, 
organize, get people with you, uh, find, find a group that can help you do what uh, to do this. We have uh, Daniel Cohen, who's the president of Indivisible Houston. This is a, com- this is a community group intent on making political change that serves us all. So, um, by the way, what's the website for the group? For Indivisible. Indivisible. Right. You, you know, contact these guys. You've got issues you want, you want organizing, et cetera, to get done, to get outcomes that are positive for uh, the people in our society. That is what we do. But, you know, I, I, I was so excited to, uh, to start off the show with you that I forgot to tell everybody what the show was about today. Of course, you were the, the highlighter of the show because the title is Daniel Cohen on Kimog's Admonishment was the first topic. Michael Steele and Joe Walsh on GOP cult. Texas is GOP. You know what's happening with the uh, woman in Texas who's pregnant, had to leave the state to go get an abortion. Um, I want every woman to understand right now, if you are ch- at childbearing age, uh, right now, you have a state, a, a, a Republican state party that controls your uterus for good or for bad. And I'm going to always say for bad. Now that a woman and her doctor believes to, for her to maintain her fertility, she needs to abort a baby that will be stillborn or die a few hours after death. I mean, after after birth speaks of a not a hubris but an inhumanity that is hard to express but that is the state that we live in those are the people that because so many of us didn't quite understand we elected into government and the type of organizing that daniel and crew did uh, for that that task of Doing a little something because of what our deal is what we're going to have to do throughout this state. Women that are out there, and I would love women to call in today, women that are out there, women that are out there. How do you feel, especially if you're at childbearing age, how do you feel that if you get pregnant, you are immediately on a time bomb in Texas? Because if something goes wrong in your pregnancy, Doctors will be running away from you because if they feel that there's a possibility that an abortion is your best, best for saving your life, best for saving your fertility, best for saving your mind. And yes, I said mind as well. In Texas, you're hosed. Kate could leave the state. She had what's known as mobility. Mobility means that you have enough money that you can go out of state, go to somewhere where you can get taken care of. If you live in Appalachia, if you live in the middle of the ghetto, if you live in the barrios, if you live in all these different places where you are monetarily challenged, your government tells you, I'm sorry, we are holding you hostage. Uh, we're holding you hostage. Your thoughts on that, uh, Daniel? I have nothing else to add. You know, I mean, I agree with 100% of what she said. You know, I mean, we, we are, we are going to have to get, and again, all of this ties in together with organizing folks. It, 
these these things can only change if we organize. Now we got a call coming in, but before and I have a video to show, but before I jump to the video, I actually want to see if this this is a call that's coming in because the video is like eight minutes long. So let's make sure and see if that is an actual call or else I will go to the video. I am still trying to figure that out. Uh, let's see if it is a call. All right. It looks like we're going to have a call. So um, let's go to Mal Malice. Come on in, Melissa. Come on in, Melissa. Line number one. Good morning, Melissa. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. It's always divine um, that I do anything. And as soon as I turned on the car, I heard your voice saying, you know, for childbearing age. I'm still childbearing age. Um, so basically, I could call in. Okay. Uh, yes, <laughs> so, ma'am. <laughs> Come on in. So, Go for it, Melissa. So I, this is. I mean, I don't want to throw a monkey wrench in the situation. I'm yes. on both sides of, of the sword. Um, mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to have all my babies, um, mm -hmm. even the ones I didn't want. Um, mm -hmm. I decided to go ahead and keep them. But at the same time, wait, 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 wait. How many babies do you have, young lady? I got. I have three. I have three oh, okay. girls. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Um, seven. And well, and, three of uh, Melissa's girls, you guys have a wonderful mother. Let me just say that. Continue, yes, Melissa. Thank three you. Person, three personalities. But anyway, um, uh, I was just talking to my 17-year-old um, just yesterday, um, and she was, and apparently uh, the schools know, all of the girls, everybody is talking about this thing. So mm -hmm. um, she asked me um, about the situation, and I told her that, now it's very important for mothers to get with their daughters and it's kind of blessing the dis disguise for me because it builds a better relationship with your daughters to tell your daughters you can't be letting everybody in your body you mm -hmm. know and anybody that's not irresponsible this is a, a total 360 for 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 all teens like you know you got to figure it out now because mm -hmm. now it's only on the the female and you know um, it's, it's just sad. It's very sad that, that we have, they have to take control of our bodies but at the same time. Uh, it just allows this, the, the young people to now know themselves, know who they're getting with. And yeah, don't just be letting all of these, don't let anybody in. in. I, I don't, don't think, I don't see why you would think that that is put in a monkey wrench. And that's not a monkey wrench. And look, let me tell you this, uh, Melissa. I am not this guy. And first of all, it's not, I am not a woman. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to walk carefully here. I am not one who is to say, uh, that I like abortion or not like abortion. That for me isn't even the issue. The issue is Melissa. I don't think, uh, if I, if I were a senator or anything and whatever it is you're going through with your pregnancy or whatever, would you want me, some stranger who doesn't have a medical no. education to tell you what to do with your body? Exactly. No, that's the point. The point is they shouldn't have no control over anybody's bodies. We're not, uh, there's no women in the Senate telling them, telling men to get castrated. Right. You know, cause the ones that's being promiscuous around here, we're not doing that. So there's no, there should be no uh, dual uh, governing over people's bodies. We're we're all independent here. We all have our own mind. We all should decide on what's happening with our inner selves. So no, I don't think I don't believe that that part is right either. But again, definitely bringing it back to mothers and daughters. 
hold your babies, talk to your babies and tell your babies about these boys and tell your babies about men not giving a, a, a care about what happens to you after they're done with doing what they're doing. You I don't digress. know how. You don't know how much I love hearing what you're saying here, because like I like I said, tell your three daughters, they have a wonderful mother who is actually speaking to them because they have to hear what happens a lot of times. Melissa is a lot of parents. Look, I know right now the way things are, parents are tired. They're working very hard two jobs. It's tough. But for you to come on here and say. I've spoken to my daughters and especially I've spoken to my 17 year old daughters. That's all most of these daughters and sons because sons need to be held responsible as well. You don't go out there and do your thing. You have to learn to be responsible as well. Thank you very much, Melissa, for your your words. I'm pretty sure it, it made a difference. All right. Thank you, love. Have a good morning. You too now. All right. Let's go to brother Bard. Come on in, Bard. How are you doing this morning? Hey, doing great. I just wanted to just, I like this guy, Daniel. I want to see how I can join his group and help go after some more of these Democrats. Uh, I I got a list of some that I think uh, we can go after. Uh, Like uh, Og is one. (laughs) This new guy, Collins, the city controller. I think his name's Collins. Okay, all right, all, all, all right, let me ask you to say, Brother Bard, I want to ask you a question, okay? I love you, man, but I want to ask you a question. Hollins, I know Hollins. Yeah. I, I want to know, please tell me what did Hollins do to, uh, again that you think Hollins did? Because, you know, when you said Hollins, I'm like, my God, nicest guy on the planet. What did he do? Hollins is, is being groomed. He's, he's next up in line to go. He, he actually uh, for radically different times. The population is he beginning went, to participate. He went after the mayor. He wanted to be mayor this time. Yeah. And as soon as uh, Sheila Sheila jumped in, he jumped out. So he's they told okay. him to step down. Let, let me let me back up again. I asked you one specific questions, my dear brother. You want Daniel to go, Daniel, our our indivisible. Uh, Houston president, great act, great activist, great organizer. You want him to go after Democrats who are doing the wrong thing. Okay, agreed. Daniel right. needs to go after not only Democrats but all politicians who are doing the wrong thing. What do you want? For what specifically did Hollins do that was wrong that you want Daniel to organize around? He's being groomed, I believe, by Rodney Ellis. All right. Thank you. I'm in there. All right. And, uh, hold on, Bart. I'm going to let Daniel answer this because right now you ha- you, you're saying he's being groomed. You haven't told me something he did. Come on in, Daniel. Tell me what do we do with our friend Bard when this is a, the, the, the current mentality that he brings to our show? I love well, it. Well, if send in uh, any evidence you have of this supposed backroom under the radar grooming of Chris Hollins by a so-called nefarious establishment. And I'd be happy to take a look at the evidence. And if your evidence rises to a level that makes sense, then you know, you might see something. And if your evidence is uh, like that of the district attorney, Kim Og, then I respectfully would throw it in the trash. So, you know, turn it in. We'll take a look. And uh, thanks for your call. Thank you, Bard. Uh, love you, man. You have a great day. All right, let's jump to Arnold. Come on in, Arnold. Hey, thank you for uh, allowing me to be on these uh, airwaves. 
Uh, first and foremost. Uh, Thank you, brother. First, yes, sir. The, uh, the, the, the commercial I had before the program was awesome as well, the R&R. That was pretty sweet. Uh, the, uh, uh, as, as far as uh, the, the abortions and, and, and things like that, uh, uh, this American Life had a had a had a, had an amazing you know little program on 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 what what's been going on mm-hmm. uh, different states. Uh, one of them uh, who was a, a helicopter insurance type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and they said it wasn't too expensive to get a helicopter insurance. Apparently, uh, I think it was like a, in Idaho or something like that um, because of what's going on. Um, uh, what you call it? The, uh, the, the there was a horrible story about you know uh, a, a one woman's um, abortion, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 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 it was horrible. Uh, so I, you know, let people know to check that uh, this American Life on on, on that. I'm glad um, that you mentioned it. That's a program here on KPFT. Yeah, go ahead, head, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, as far as locally, real quick, uh, uh, in, in, in the elections, uh, I mean, Highlands, I think he's, he's going to be, he, he's going to do some great things. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and and, and uh, the new mayor are, are you know, are kind of uh, maybe working together is, is, is my feelings towards it now. I mean, we just had such a low turnout. Uh, and, and, and for that, that that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I guess we need to try to organize better. Uh, uh, what's your buddy Neil, I guess, to say on that? With Daniel, yeah. Yeah, Daniel. Arnold, you're on the money. You're, you're on the money, man. Here, here's what goes on when it comes to city elections. Um, they're low turnout, special interest-driven um, contest. Now, I, I want to I want to be really clear here. This is not one of those conspiracies where it's like everybody gets in the back room and you know they shut everything down. It's not like it's not it's not a Tammany Hall style thing. But they know that there's going to be less people voting. Um, the electorate this cycle was mostly from districts C, G, and E, which is all to say very white, very white, and even whiter than the first two. Um, and they have, I think the average age of the runoff voter was like, I, I, it was really high. I don't remember the exact number, but it was very, it was very high and it was largely white voters. And obviously what we got was a city council that doesn't look like Houston. So there's lots of organizing that we can do and there's structural changes that we can make that adjust that, but you're on the money. I mean, one thing we can do regardless of the, the massive structural changes, and those would still come from this as well, is to organize. Um, we need people working these different areas of Houston to make sure that there's just purely turnout. I think hopefully the county parties, right? Like that's now, now it's very, very clear, right? That, um, that the county Republican party put a lot of, of money and resources into the race and it impacted that. And I think in future, uh, mayoral elections, you're going to see that there's going to be people who are, are I, I'm sure there are people who are planning right now for the next mayoral election. And it's hard to hit everything, but I think um, the tools are there. And if somebody wants to make this uh, uh, their full focus, really, um, then there are resources to make sure that it can happen, that there's just higher turnout in city elections. I mean, we have lower turnout than the city of Seattle. And we are a much bigger city than the city of Seattle, the fourth largest city in the, in the country. Some of it's structural. We're very spread out. 
Um, we have, and therefore have uh, a different kind of media system that is frankly, doesn't hold people as accountable as, as my good friend Egberto does here with, with independent media as part of the free and independent press. We just don't have that as robust a media system as some of the other large cities, your New York, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, Portland, you name it. Um, but I agree with you hundred percent, Arnold. I think that, um, we need, that's something that you can actually organize around. If you can get higher turnout, if you can get renters in this city to vote, then you're going to get a better city council. You know, it, it's interesting because I'm going to have Charles Kuffner, who is our resident number one city blogger on the show. He's uh, putting some stats together. He has the stats already for the the regular election. He, uh, as soon as he gets the runoff included, he's going to be a, a guest on the show to discuss what it looks like. Um, all right, let's go to Josie. Come on in, Josie. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I just want to say... I, good morning. I just want to say that um, I think sometimes like women are getting ready to go to work and, and maybe that limits us because I'm one of those limits us from who may want to, um, but we're, we're listening. Uh, the other thing is I'm 71 and I'm really, it's scary that in this day and time, we're still working or, or on the issue of abortion why are we so focused on the women's body why are we not focused on homelessness and climate change and hunger things that are really important for our country and our constituents our our people our fellow people that is really scary to me as a mother a grandmother and recently a great-grandmother what is this world going to be i thought the world would be much better for, and it is in many ways for for my daughter and her daughter, but it, it just seems like we keep going backwards. We're just too focused on that. And it's not just a women's issue. It's a men's issue, too, because mm-hmm. yeah, that Josie, child is as much here as it is that woman. Absolutely yes, right, sir. Josie. Let me, let me go ahead and answer that and then ask um, – Daniel to come in. First of all, it's an issue that doesn't really um, cost all that much money to the state or anything like that. It's an issue that can create divisions. And whenever you can divide a, a country, you can have more control into uh, into things that matter or don't matter. If we have everybody hyperventilating on abortion issues, on racial issues, we're not tackling the issues you just spoke about, which is homelessness, which costs money, which is child care, which costs money, which is universal health care, which costs money. If everybody's pissed off about everything of those issues, we don't have to tax the wealthy to take care of all these particular things. So that is one particular reason. There, there are others, of course. But remember this, like like how we started our program. And uh, when you say you're afraid, Harry, who we're going to next, I uh, called in a couple of days ago and talked, uh, spoke about being afraid and being scared. And I'm so happy what occurred yesterday with, uh, with under the leadership of Daniel Cohen yesterday occurred because it gave us a material way to come to the audience and say, when you organize, you win. When you stand alone, you lose. When you organize with others, you win. And you know why you win? Because there are more of us, Josie. There are more of us that think like you. Go ahead, uh, Daniel, and then we go back to Josie. Daniel. Go uh, go ahead, Josie. Go ahead. 
Yeah, go ahead, Josie. I, yeah, I totally agree with uh, grassroots organizing, I think, is very effective. Uh, I wanted to say about the the mayoral uh, contest, no one ever came. I, went, I live in the Southwest. I never had anybody come to the door. I didn't see mm-hmm. any. And I've done I've done campaigning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, just the fact that I didn't have neither from Whitmire or from Sheila Jackson these people. Mm-hmm. I didn't see hardly any uh, yard signs. None of that. It was just a weird, weird campaign. I think. It and was. I also think that a lot that a lot of her losses had to do with who was backing up Whitmire. Mm-hmm. And, and also, and I think it hurt her, um, the, you know, when, when she was yelling at her staff or whatever, I think that hurt her. I think the lady that said last week, if it were a man, nothing would have been, you know, Oh my God. But because it was a woman, not yeah. that I believe in doing and treating people like that at all, but I do believe there's a double standard. There I, always I, has been. <laughs> there always there is a double standard on so many. I mean, the permutation of our double standards is amazing. But you're absolutely correct, Josie. Look, Josie, thank you so kindly for calling. Let me let Daniel uh, chime in, and then we're going to go to Harry. Okay. I, I, I would just say Bye-bye. thanks, Josie. Briefly, I, Josie, I, I love that you you know you brought up. Look, we should be focused on homelessness and hunger and climate. So, um, just in that brief few seconds, I think that says a lot about you that you care about other people, you care about universal values, and uh, I'm glad that you're you're weighing in on the show. And you should definitely keep calling in uh, to to kick these things around, especially given your background in campaigning and your prescient observations of this. So, I'm glad we had a chance to bring you on the air. Thank you very much. Come on in. Harry, Harry, Harry. How are you doing, my brother, Harry? Hola, como estas, Iberto? Estoy bien, Harry. Talk to me, my brother. Oh, before before you before you say anything, welcome aboard, uh, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Sharkula's here, Stylist. Welcome aboard, uh, Nightmare8877. Interesting. Go ahead, uh, uh, Harry. Uh, uh, good morning to Howard, Jack, and your guest, Daniel Cohen, who makes a lot of sense on a lot of poli- political issues. Well, I want to make three points. The first point I want to make is as far as abortion is concerned, and I, I have said this on, in past shows on your show and on you talk as well with Steve. I think what's got to happen, the Democrats dropped the ball back in 73 uh, when they had control of the um, government, they could have made abortion a lot the law of the land. So what's got to happen, uh, we've got to get more progressive Democrats elected uh, in the Senate and the House, because we have an election, national election coming up, so we can make abortion a law of the land. And then if Joe Biden gets a second term, I've said this before, he's got to expand that court so that the Supreme Court cannot do what they did um, last year to... Um, uh, to um, um, strike uh, uh, abortion down and away those Roe versus Wade. I believe in a woman's right to choose. They should have control of their own body. And then the last one I wanted to make, uh, you were talking about me being afraid. That was like, I made that call two weeks ago, and I was talking about Arnie Arneson because I was listening to Arnie Arneson 
that preceded yourself. And, and, and I listened to her again this morning. And what she talks about is when the wrong people get elected, she's terrified and afraid of what could happen when the wrong people get elected. That's what scares me. I'm not afraid to do my job. As you told me, uh, when we made, when we were talking on that, that I'm an American, you're an American and we do our civil duty and we get out there and organize. I'm not afraid to fight these people who I know will do the wrong thing. I'm just afraid if the wrong people get in power, if a Donald Trump who should be convicted go to prison and other for for all his crimes and and people like Ken Paxton, the wrong things they do uh, can do things to cause damage in this country. That's what scares Arnie Arneson when the wrong people get in power, and that's what scares me. But I'm not afraid to get out there and vote and do my duty to make sure the right people get elected. Harry, uh, let me just say, first of all, when I, I noticed I, when I when I said that I actually addressed you by name because I want I knew you were coming on and I, I, I wanted to personalize that people are, in fact, using that word afraid. I use that word afraid. All of us do it sometimes. And what I and, and there's this stuff that I've learned in, in in self-motivation and it goes like you speak it, you effect it. Right. You speak it, you effect it. And what I'm trying to teach myself and others, not just I'm not. This is not just something I'm saying. Oh, Harry is afraid. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. I am trying to put into the psyche. Yeah. Let's not be afraid. Let's not use the word afraid. Let's go out and do what Brother Cohen has done. Go out and execute. Go out and activate. Go out and organize. So please, I use you as a template. So I'm going to continue to use you up, Brother Harry, because you allow me to okay. make the case that I need to make. All right. Okay. Well, I will talk about when something goes wrong, when we get a um, a politician that I feel is going to cause damage, I just won't use the word afraid. I'll just say, look, that this person is the wrong person, and we got to do what we have to do uh, to try to limit the damage that that person can cause. And I was love you, Harry. Hey, Harry. I got to throw you off, Larry. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Got to throw okay. you off and go to Derek. All right. And, uh, you have a good day and um, everybody else. And um, we'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. Come on in. Uh, you want to say, Daniels, what were you going to say? Yeah, then we go to Derek. Harry, Harry, send me an email at Daniel at IndivisibleHouston.org. You're just the kind of guy that we need to make sure is out there and, and has all the tools to organize. So, and I, I appreciate that. St- stiff spines, sharp minds, big hearts. Let's do this thing. You hear that guy, Daniel at IndivisibleHouston.org, guys. Uh, and please don't only let it be Harry now. All We have to organize in this city. So y'all go flood his, his mailbox, okay? It's not like he doesn't have enough work already. Flood his mailbox, Daniel at IndivisibleHouston.org. All right, Derek, how you doing, my brother? Hey, good morning. And and uh, I just want to uh, say, yes, Harry, you're absolutely right, bro, because that's why I call. Because uh, I listen to some of the people who who uh, with Sheila Jackson Lee. Man, let me tell y'all something. Y'all have not lost the thing. And the reason why I say that, because, man, you still got Hollis. You, you still have Karen Shabazz. What have you lost? what's going to cause you to lose is that you sit at home and you don't go and tell this man who's going to be running this city for the next four years. You don't go set up an agenda. 
Jewish people go to the to the newly elected mayor with an agenda in hand. Whites go to the new mayor with an agenda in hand. But there are so many segments of black and Hispanic population, we never go with an agenda in hand. You're going to have, if you're going to be progressive, put together an agenda and make sure that he does right by you. Or if he don't do right by you, tell him that you're going to be only a four-year mayor. That's all I call to say. Daniel, let Daniel respond to you, Derek. I mean, I yes. think you're roughly right. Derek, you reminded me of a book. I'm reading it right now. It's, I, I'm not I'm not paid or, paid or anything by this author. I'm just reading it right now. But it's on uh, Black-Jewish relations during the civil rights era in Houston. It's by Allison Schottenstein. It's called Changing Perspectives. I just thought you might you might appreciate hearing that just based on your comments. I think that Black-Jewish solidarity is really important. I know that's adjacent to what you were talking about, but I just thought you might like the book recommendation because just based on your comments, I thought you might appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Derek. Given that. Yes. Thank you. For, thank you for your call as usual, my brother. You have a good one. Okay. All right. And before we go to Brian, I want to tell everybody, uh, like usual, I have four or five subjects for the program. Today, we got to a grand total of one. And that's because it, you guys run this show. Now, I want to tell you to go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. The links to the videos and everything we would have covered if you guys didn't call in. And by the way, I prefer when you guys call in because I love the interaction with our city, with our country, etc. But just go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. And every single one of the items and topics we cover is documented that you can get to the videos or the articles, etc. So, you know, you get uh, two bucks for the bang or two bangs for the buck. And before I bring Brian in, I also want to remind you guys that we are in our silent given mode here at KPFT, which means you can go to kpft.org and hit that donate button. Remember to donate in the name of Politics Done Right. Why am I telling you this now? Because if we get enough funds coming in as Christmas comes, as as uh, as all the other holidays come, uh, I'm not going to try to name them all. Uh, and if we get all all this income into our coffers at KPFT, it means our February fund drive is going to be that shorter. So please go ahead when you get a chance. Go ahead and click that donate button. And remember to say politics done right as a show you're supporting because that makes sure that they keep the show on the air. Otherwise, Sandy may say, you know what, Egberto, I'm throwing your butt off because you're not holding your weight. So don't forget to go to kpft.org, hit the donate button and make sure when after you donate, you say politics done right. Also, you can always call 713-526-5738 and hit extension one instead of extension two and say, hey, I want to support the program. Anyway, let's go to border security and brother Brian. What's Brian going to tell me this morning? How you doing, Brian? Fine. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Talk to me. Okay. My wife is from China. Mm -hmm. The Mandarin language instructor. Mm -hmm came across legally, mm -hmm. put all the paperwork in, yes. everything was done correctly. Yes. Do you think that's fair? Yes, it's fair. Okay, yes, it's fair to, to her and I. It's not yes. fair to everyone else. 
the seven million that have illegally crossed the border that is in this country right now, mm-hmm. when is Biden going to stop the illegal border crossing? All right, let me let me let me just I, 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 you know one of the things that 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 irks me, Brian, is we make this a very bad story, and we we tell the story in a way that inflames you a good person but it inflames you because yes your chinese wife did all the right things when i came to the united states of america i did the right thing i came on a student visa my grandfather had immigrated i don't know if legal or illegal but he immigrated here and got his his citizenship and he was able to sponsor me as a, a permanent resident and then i became a citizen but here's what the part that you don't hear uh uh brian and I wish you did. American policy around Central America, American policy in Haiti, American policy in Jamaica. Let, let me give you a specific policy because I always tell people to be specific. Look up Amer- Clinton's rice policy towards Haiti. Haiti was a self-sufficient rice producer. To enhance American rice, they, they joined this treaty that really harm the Haitian farmers. They couldn't farm their land efficiently anymore. And the American farmer was able to ship a hell of a lot more rice. So what we did is we transferred the prosperity of the Haitian rice farmer to the American rice farmer. You want to know where immigration comes from? Immigration comes from a lot of the policies that we created overseas in Latin America, in the Caribbean. And then we ask these people that are distraught these people that are displaced, these people whose economics is no longer going to work because of our policy, they run over here because they're looking for what everybody is looking for, the ability to live. So what I'm saying, instead of concentrating on them coming over here illegally, concentrate on policy. I have one other issue with you. You should be more humble. Every American citizen needs to be humble because when the original settlers came here, the natives then say, where are your papers? So look, I do believe there's some it should be some controls on the border just from a from a from a, a control issue to control your country. But this stuff about being punitive with our border and punitive with all those 7 million people that are coming in and by the way, we have the potential, the possibility, the power to absorb those other people. America is strong enough to absorb that. In fact, we need those workers for our aging population. What you're saying, Brian, I get it. I get how the right wing has inflamed you. I get how the right wing has modified your thought process. But I will also tell you, and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because this plays to my heart. I'm an immigrant, and you are an immigrant. Just one, a few years, a few generations back. I don't want to hear anybody talking about the border the way you did again, because you're wrong. You're go ahead. I'm wrong. There were 17,000 Chinese military age men across the border. You didn't answer the question. When is I, did answer, I did answer the question. I answered the it's question not, not only with one word. I answered the question, my brother, logically and the correctly. What you answered it is with, with, with false passion, sir. 
remember, if you know, if you understand the, sir, don't talk over me. I won't talk over you. Now, if you understand what the policies that we did, and I wish everybody would get educated on what we do overseas to understand what's happening here, then you could make an intelligent decision. As it stands right now, you are unable to make an intelligent decision, and you're simply abiding by what was fed to you by the evil of the right. Okay? Last comment before I have to let you drop. Okay. Go ahead. Here's the other comment. Do you know, seeking asylum, the first neutral country must take you. You can't walk from Venezuela and ask for honesty. Brian, this conversation, Brian, this conversation, Brian, this conversation is over. Understand what I said, and then we can talk. Have a great day. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Daniel Cohen. Thank you for what you did in organizing. Uh, give me a quick last word, Daniel. Thanks for being a member of the Free and Independent Press. Uh, lots, uh, shout out to everybody. Uh, please visit IndivisibleHouston.org. That's One Nation Indivisible. Houston is a great city we live in. .org. And uh, never give enough credit. Jack, Howard, you guys are the, our heroes behind the scenes. Uh, my dad is a sound guy, so he. Uh, I realize all these years that he would have told me to give you guys a lot more credit. Appreciate you all. All right. Let's throw it right to the studio real quick. Oh, nothing for me. How about you, Jack? Immigrants are people, too, and they're <laughs> being driven here by our foreign policy, then demonized for political gain. Thank you so kindly, Jack. My name is, thank you, everybody that called. Love you all. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.